Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, Pierre. So we talked about the life of the concert pianist, and I would like to talk now about your life as a recording artist. You've recorded more than 30 CDs. Tell us about that. Hmm. I have always the feeling I haven't done enough, and uh, when somebody count exactly how many concerts I've made or records, I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> yes, you know, um, the first CD I, I did was a Chopin one, a Chopin CD. Do you remember which one exactly? Yes, it was with the C minor sonata and Berthoud and Barcarolle. Can we still hear it? Yes, of course, Great. you can find all this uh, on our website and mm -hmm. so on. And um, it's, a, it's another job to make a recording. There's nothing to do with music, actually. <laughs> <laughs> But really. Okay, uh, in explain. That, in that point, Chilbidaki was right. Because music is a spatio-temporal. Music needs the space and, and, and the public and the communion with the people and the relation, direct relation with the, with the acoustic and your instrument and your finger doing it and not à travers uh, a microphone, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, uh, you cannot know exactly how many harmonic you will put in your... I mean, it's, it's another thing. I, I tell you why. You play in a certain way. Then you go in the cabin, you hear what you have done, and you hear something totally different. Mm -hmm. So when you begin uh, a recording, almost we need uh, the, the whole morning only to try to find the way to connect what you are doing life life uh, when you you play and what is going to be heard by the microphone so do you adjust the mics in order to get that exactly, feeling exactly uh -huh. exactly and then you need to choose if you prefer a false note mm -hmm. in a very big uh, um, sequence sequence Or if you are going to make little sequence, another little sequence, put them together, how they know to do it now, you can do whatever you want. You, you can just put an, a note. Uh, it's unbelievable all what we can do now. But what I think is um, if you want not to lose what is actually the message of the, this unity in music, the, the emotion, um, It's very, very, very tiring because I remember I played uh, 30 times the Barcarolle and then the engineer, sound engineer said to me, it's enough, Elizabeth, you are not going to do it better because the second fear, the second nightmare is that it is going to be like a photograph forever mm. and you know that in 10 minutes you are going to be 10 10 minutes uh, older and that you will hear maybe other things and uh, but you have to say okay once more humble i don't know if it is humble or <laughs> but you have to say okay for now is what i can do but you know pierre after a recording you know that because we have done too many together Then for weeks and weeks, you think, 
oh my god, have I done this passage exactly as I want? Uh, I could have done it another time. And it's really difficult because music is not something you can put in a box. It is not possible. And um, it was very difficult for me. So I the way for me to accept to make this quote or to make uh, a composer known who was not known or to help my foundation or to um, uh, accept to, to play with the limit of a record but remembering how grateful we were I was for instance to hear Corto Yes. or Fischer or the, and and thank God they were not like Chilvidak is so extreme to say no records so he was right to say that the music is not to put in a box because it's not a dead thing uh, it's a it's a life uh, matter but uh, you know what I say sometimes we have to use the records like the yogurt with the date of expiration. Uh-huh. Because the thing is that uh, you grows, but the disc remains the same. Yes, exactly, you know? yeah. So we have to know this, and uh, if the, the recording helps the people to go to the life experience concert, then it's okay. If not, I will not make any record anymore. <laughs> What strikes me is that you have a memory of all the takes. I remember we were working on the editing of Beethoven's Fifth Piano Concerto, and you said to the engineer, no, I know there is a version where I did this and that and the other, and we looked for that version and we found it. That was astounding. So do you feel that you are somehow editing in your head already and doing the work of the editing? Yes. Engineer. Yes. yes, and mm. I do remember every prise, uh-huh, takes. every takes. Um, yeah, it's very strange what happens when one records because uh, I am completely in the music. I'm not thinking about all oh, that or that, but uh, it's like printed in me. Yeah, there's a kind of a black yeah. box somewhere exactly. remembering everything. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I remember... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you recorded the entire Chopin Nocturnes while having 40-degree fever and uh, and being quite sick. Do you remember that? Yeah, I had a double pneumonia. Pneumonia, <laughs> pneumonia double pneumonia. <laughs> and um, and that's why I I really think that there there, there were one age, angel uh-huh. in front of every nocturne, and every angel was different because every nocturne. Is uh, is like uh, the scale of Jacob. Uh, it's it's unbelievable to play them, and I haven't made any montage mm-hmm. editing. Uh, editing. It was really one after the other, and like you know, um, how can I say this? Uh, I discovered the nocturne on that very day. Ah. Uh-huh. While being so sick, while and while playing them, yeah. But I, wa- I, I was not sick anymore. In that moment, mm. it's like uh, more than a grace. It's um, you are you are supported, and uh, I had this feeling. It's it's like in, you know when you when you do a, a parcours and you travel, a, a, a travel um, inside inside you and. Uh, 
like some says to you that they were for for months in a, in a monastery to make it was like this it was really one nocturne i could find for the first time great grass uh, at that recording because you never play them in concert like this the relation between one and the second and the third and why and what was changing in the in the soul what was opening it was a great experience finally yeah there is also i think in your interest in recording Uh, the desire to teach and share. I remember this incredible DVD series that appeared on French TV called De Bach à Bartok, where you not only played the piece but gave a kind of historical notes and other tidbits on the piece. Tell us about this. When, how old ago was that? Oh, that was more than 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. But you know, when I was very little, this sense of uh, Du partage sharing. of sharing is maybe my favorite yeah. word because uh, I remember when I discover the difference between uh, two notes, major or minor. One was uh, like uh, with the sun and with the, the idea of future and, and happiness. joy, happiness. And the other one was uh, immediately... Uh, regarding to sadness and interiority and uh, I was so amazed that already in two notes it could be heard that I was going outside <laughs> to tell the people. I was teacher already when I was 15 years. I had a whole Jewish family, I remember, in Strasbourg. We still are friends. They were not so young because last last way, eight, 10, 12, 13, and I was 15. But I I could not imagine not to give immediately to somebody what I have discovered. Mm. And believe me, when I, with Chilibidaki, that was something impossible. That's why I, I, I told you, you have to come, Pierre, you yes, have to indeed. come. There and is no choice for me. No choice. At all my life, I the transmission is the life. We have to We, we cannot keep things for us. We, we cannot do that. We have to give it back mm -hmm. immediately. <laughs> so in presentation of your recordings, the Chopin piano concertos, the Adagios and the Beethoven concertos, which you've recorded all of them, including the triple concerto, you've made some video clips, very interesting video clips. Tell us about the Chopin one with a dancer, I believe. Yes, I, I wanted to show that uh, what, whatever uh, happened in the world, war, uh, injustice, uh, awfulness, the art... Uh, I remember my father said to me, your mission is that in the moment a president will push the button of the atomic bomb, he will prefer to push the button to hear the Chopin concert. <laughs> so this is the, 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 the battle and the mission we have, the artist. The beauty will win, has to win. Mm. Um, so uh, I have a twin brother, as I said once, uh, who was one of the greatest dancers in London Festival Ballet, and then he finished uh, his career in the Kirov with Makarova. 
And um, I wanted to, in this clip about the concerto, Chopin concerto, I wanted to show that... Uh, There is connection between all the art, uh, painting, dance, music. And I remember that when I was looking my brother uh, acting Onegin on the stage, the gesture he has was not finishing somewhere. It was going ab ab above, au-delà. Mm -hmm. Like in the piano, what makes the difference between one pianist and another is that something epiphanic, something in your touch is more than only you. You have to see it. Pierre, you, we have to show this to the public because uh, I'm sure they would love it. Yeah, sure. and I, I remember the, the clip on the, the Beethoven, the one you did in Auschwitz. Tell us about that. That was very, very powerful. That was very powerful because it was uh, during the um, conf confinement. Lockdown. Lockdown. Covid lockdown, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, this year, uh, we had to celebrate Beethoven. Celebrate Beethoven. And everything was locked yeah, down yeah. and everything was cancelled. And, uh, and I was reading things that unbelievable that, for instance, all the musicians could not play Beethoven. Also when? Also during the war. Because the Nazi decided in 1933 already that... Um, Uh, the Jewish musicians are not allowed anymore to play Beethoven and all the Irish composers. But I discovered that in the camp of Auschwitz, 120 yeah. children were singing under the latrine. Stores, the stores yes, the yeah. toilet stores. Toilet stores, uh, with the man who made them sing the Ode à la Joie, uh -huh. the Ninth Symphony of Beethoven, in secret. And you know that uh, one of these boys survived. He's now the director of, uh, in, in Jerusalem of the museum. The Holocaust uh, Museum. Yes. Uh -huh. And uh, he said that he didn't know at that time when he was singing this that it was Beethoven music. Mm. But he says, I can say that the strength and the beauty of this music helped me to survive. Mm. So I wanted to I wanted to go back and play the fourth Beethoven concerto in Auschwitz to say to Beethoven, we are with you, we are and, and you were there mm. also in this uh, abominable uh, camp and uh, uh, and he was the most universal composer And uh, how, you know, Pierre, you know that there is no difference for us between the, the death and the les vivants et les morts. Yeah, the dead and the living. And the living people. For us, it's no, no difference because when I play for two years, nine hours a day, it's Beethoven. He's there, he's alive. Mm -hmm. And Chopin and all of them, and uh, we know about transcendence. We know that there is another time that only the chrono time uh, that we know with the past, future, and everything. We know that there is some other dimension. And uh, when I was there in Auschwitz, uh, playing this music, I wanted also to say to to him, "You were the composer of the universality. How came that?" how much he had suffered from where he was during this period. 
to think that in his country, in this big Germany, uh, represented by him, they could have done something like that. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was very important, and more than everything with the number four concerto, which is the more mystical concerto of the five, and um, because the the message of uh, this concerto is that uh, as much darkness there is uh, in your life, in the life, there still is somewhere light mm. and hope. Yes, it's beautiful. So we talked about darkness and lights, and I'm thinking about the concert we did in London to illustrate the uh, Adagio recordings we did. And you remember, you, you used a crew to create a whole lighting spectacle. What was the purpose? As we said before, how to put in relation every beauty, dance, uh, paintings, sculpture, uh, new... I'm, I'm very interested in the, in the new things, the new modernity, mm. what they can do with effects, you know? Lighting effects. Lighting effects and so on, because I think it's, we can do beautiful things. And I just did in, in Beirut in January a, a wonderful spectacle like this where it was projecting on the church all the churches of the world. It was really beautiful. So I was interesting for the young generation because today our young are more captured by the, the image. The visual. And the visual, mm. no? So uh, we decided that to try and we did it, you know, because uh, in the two concerts there were a lot of young people and they were amazed. And I'm sure that it's because also of what we... You, you you can see that on internet. Yeah, yeah? can we see it on YouTube? So which yes, church yes. was it? Do you remember? Uh, no, uh, the the church was San Joseph San in Joseph. Uh, in Lebanon and in Cadogan Hall, and you can find also this uh, these adagio, concerts. Okay. These concerts. Great. And uh, I must say, we we did it. You remember, Pierre, mm-hmm. because there were a lot of young people, not particularly um, knowing classical music, and they get out of the concert and they said that was an amazing mm. uh, experience of uh, emotion. But I'm sure that it is also because of the visual we put. And it, it was, yeah, we have to try to do more than this. So let me touch on a subject that is a little bit difficult for us performers. What is the purpose of all the visual leading to what we were able to do with classical music, which was streaming. During the entire lockdown, we streamed a lot of concerts. Do you think this has value? Yes. Uh, I, w- I would like to try not to be extreme, uh, you know, but uh, we are living a time where concession will arm us more than uh, everything. And uh, classical music relation between us is more important than any streaming. And that's why we have decided to do a festival during the lockdown for five people because we could not be more than five people. So we made the concert at three, at four, at five, at six o'clock and uh, for five people. Everything was 
And somebody told me, yes, but with the streaming, five billion people can hear you. No, no. Five billion people in streaming will never be as much quality that five people in the real life. So we have to be very cautious with, uh, with this because I remember our President Macron saying, look, it's not a problem that there is no concert because you are so creative on, on Internet. Oh, my God. This is very, very dangerous. So you're saying nothing will replace the live performance? No. And, and, and doing too much streaming can be harmful for the, the live returning to the live performance, yeah. So we talked about your activity as a concert pianist, as a recording artist. In the next podcast, I would love to hear your activity as a teacher. Okay, very great. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you, Pierre.